Welcome once again to Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, here from the Performance Center, the LAFC Performance Center in glorious Alhambra. And I say that every week, Vince, but it truly is. We just had a, a rainstorm all day, and now the, the air is clean and fresh and sweet, and we just saw great training. Great it, to be here. It was a very good day for training. It is great to be here. And every time you say the great, glorious Alhambra, and I make a joke, somebody goes, Hey, I live in Alhambra. I, <laughs> so I'm, I will no longer joke about Alhambra. It is nice. No, I here. say that because I'm, I, have, I haven't ventured out in Alhambra, but everyone says I should, and soon enough I will. Dining, you name it, we will, we'll do it. We're, we're, this is an L.A. podcast, and we're, we're very happy about our city. Uh, but we're happy to be here. And yes. let's, let's start. Obviously, everyone's thinking World Cup. Uh-huh. And LAFC has uh, a stake in this with five players on international duty, and it is worth saying. We don't know if all five of them will make World Cup rosters. USA's not in yet. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. They're in, though. They're in. Well, I just spoke with Steve Trundle, and I thought, I was like, hey, I'm not going to ask you about national team because I'm sure you played on the national team. You don't take anything for granted. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, they're in. They're in. So there you go. People, the Costa Ricans I've spoken to have said, you're in. We'd be crazy. They have nine guys carrying yellows. You have to realistically approach this. Uh, if you look at Costa Rica, their possession it's so always hovering around most, 30 or in the 20 percent. they don't yeah. touch the ball no so how don't. do you get six goals it's untenable yeah and if they do and if they do get the ball flip their style and try to do that all of a sudden there's no way that the u.s isn't scoring one or two so or more yeah it, it, they have to keep that six goal gap and it's just not so realistically costa rica is looking in that so we can put kellen acosta into that as well and that's pretty exciting and there's world cup qualifying going on all over and you might be listening to this podcast after the Wednesday CONCACAF games where we know the identity, we know everything's happening, and Friday we have a draw, but uh, not many clubs could say that have that kind of stake. Yes, they have World Cup players. I think Major League Soccer as a whole will have 50, 60 guys, I think. A lot of them don't spread it out, yeah. per se. Like, there's clubs that maybe have three or four guys, but there's, like, three guys that all play on the, na- on the U.S. national team or two in the U.S. and one for Canada. Like Canada's a game-changer with MLS Canada numbers, obviously. Canada is a game-changer, for sure. But, you know, US, now we have U.S., we have Canada, we have Ecuador, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. We think there's a, there's definitely that real possibility that a Uruguayan player could be going to play in the World Cup. I, I said hi to Brian Rodriguez as he came off here, and, uh, and just reiterating here how beloved Brian is with this club. You talk about, you talk to John Thorrington and Will Coons. He goes, he is the most liked guy in LAFC right now. Everyone listen, and he, he'll make time for us. And I sit there and I go, hey, good luck uh, for Uruguay. Maybe make the Mundial. He goes, he goes, we'll see. It's a possibility. He's a, he's a different guy. And then I'm not saying he was ever, because that's, that's been across the board since he's been here. In that locker room, he is one of the number one favorite guys. He pumps up his teammates. They love him as a teammate. They love the effort that he gives. They love the attention that he gives to his teammates. Um, but more so, yeah, he started being more outwardly facing a more gregarious, easier guy to talk to because I think he has bought in more like, I'm in LA, I gotta do what's best for me here in LA. I'm not just looking to go to the next spot. I'm gonna make it here. And I think more so than ever, Uruguay making the team and him maybe being slightly on the outside looking in uh, from a selfish LAFC perspective is the best possible situation because uh, there's a carrot at the, end of agree this, more. at the end of this season now. And you know how badly he celebrated when Uruguay got in. I saw him post on his social media channels. He wants to be there so badly, and he knows the only way to be there is to play well with this team. Yeah, and you could see that uh, etched on his face. And Uruguay, there's not a lot of guys like Brian Rodriguez. It, it makes sense to certainly kick the tires if you're Diego Alonso, who 
did coach in Major League Soccer. Understands the, so he knows the, the nature of this league. Yeah, but I did, I did forget to mention, special guest this week, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi will be joining us. Uh, and we want to we get to know a little bit more about him. I want to know. Interesting his story. story is very interesting. Born in Switzerland, Libyan parents, moved to Austria, has an Austrian passport, then eventually makes his way out to New York. Uh, a chance to win back-to-back championships for him. Yeah. So we want to know a little bit more about him. Libya is such a, a very interesting place, especially in soccer circles where you have North African countries doing so well, Egypt, Tunisia, Algeria, and then Libya's there, and they're trying to pick up the pieces. It's been ravaged by uh, war, and uh, these players certainly been affected. So that's part of the discussion. We'll get to it uh, with, uh, with Izzy, or Ishi. We're going to find out. I'll get the, I think it's Izzy. Izzy, Izzy. He wants to make it easy for everyone. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. We have players that have connections to LAFC that I think people will be pulling for. Diego Rossi, who was with the Uruguay camp. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, who is a stalwart with the U.S. camp. Kim Moon Juan will be pulling for him as mm-hmm. he tries to make this Korean team as well. Can we throw Marco Ureña? If, uh, probably not. He's on the, sure. I mean, has he been in, no, really called in lately? No, no, he's not. He's enjoying the, the back end of his career in Australia. He joined us on our IG live show and said he said he had a lot of love for the LAFC fans, if you missed that, but uh, he sends his loves. So getting back to uh, this World Cup thing, it's, I'm, I'm very excited. It's a World Cup. It's the biggest sporting event on the planet by miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and LAFC, we can watch these guys play it as well. What is, uh, what is it that is important about how you manage that? It, it is interesting, I think, when you look at these players playing for a World Cup as a club. You have these guys. See, I want to scream it to the heavens and say, look, we have a guy on the U.S. national team, which is crazy when you think right. about it. There's like five MLS players maybe that will feature big minutes on the U.S. team. We have one of those guys. So there's, the, there's that weird balance, right? Because I agree with you. Uh, every MLS club should want a player to go to the national team and play in the World Cup. It's great for the league. It's great for your team. However, that player may be more valued by his national team than by his club team. And when you're here, you got to play for your spot. So I don't think that has ever happened here at LAFC, but I'm sure there's been clubs at times that are like, play that guy a little bit more because he's going to be in the World Cup and because we want to make him a star. It sometimes happens. You know that those conversations happen. Here, there's guys that are fighting for their spots, and it's, it's interesting that you, again, like a Brian Rodriguez, he's fighting for his spot with the national team and every day in training here. We've got quite an array of attackers. So, yeah, you do have to balance it and say, look, I know at the end of the day you want to be at the World Cup, in order to get to the World Cup, you got to do well here. Well, get into the starting 11. I mean, Steve, like Steve says, players kind of pick themselves. They don't, I think even uh, Ray Hudson used to say this. Players pick themselves. They also take themselves out of contention by not playing well. So I think that's the mindset you got to have. During COVID, there was a, a bad relationship with World Cup qualifiers. We all like, oh, they're going off. That was rough. That was really rough. It's different now. Thanks for the schedule. We're early on in the season. And the players are a little older and wiser. And Brian at the top of this. Who could forget the time when all four South Americans were called up and they all got COVID? Right before a playoff game. Right before a playoff game. You, so you, know, you can understand if supporters or with, MLS with fans Carlos in general Bella are like, just starting to get back into the fold. And then when we finally got them back in the fold, what did we do? We went on a run in the CONCACAF Champions League. Imagine. I'm just saying. Just imagine. So but now, back. But now it's time to be excited. The World Cup will happen after the MLS season has concluded. We didn't play this week to accommodate that. The five World Cup players have a game later, no later than Wednesday. They'll 
on their way back to the club, how much they play, we shall see. But Maxime Crapeau will play, you would imagine. Didn't play. I would hope now that they're now that they're in, you got to got to give them a look in, in these. Oh, I'm matches. talking about LAFC when they get back. Oh, of course, well. but, of and, course. And also for Canada, we'll find out. You'll know probably if you've listened to us afterwards. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I they want to finish so. first, but they do want to finish first. But we've talked about it. The margins between him and Borjan are razor thin. So I don't think you're losing much by no. deciding to get him so. some, some minutes in between the posts. Daniel Henry played mm -hmm. uh, in the clincher. So, I mean, what a story to tell mm -hmm. to his grandkids. Yeah. That I was there. The party there played. at BMO Field, the second that final whistle went, was something something yeah, else. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And it was you just saw it etched on their faces how important this was, a historic moment that mm -hmm. they... And you immediately think they're going to share it with their fathers or their family members. It's, I've never seen Canada in a World Cup. What a wonderful moment. And Daniil Henry has a story to tell, and we'll share it with you here at some point uh, about that. And then the two kids, oh, two kids, Sifu and Cheeky down in Ecuador, the kids does. were also in. That's huge for Ecuador because when you think of that part of the world, Colombia is number one, and they're laboring to get in and may not get in. And Ecuador has created incredible identity in this sport over the last five, ten years, not only with players, World Cup, with their league. And uh, LAFC has a stake in that too with these guys. To imagine that Ecuador has eclipsed Colombia. It, they have. The region of the world. And they, their league they really is better. Have. I, I mean, maybe I should hold, hold off on that. But when you look at the success of their clubs, they've had more success in the last five years than Colombia has. Uh, the players that they are in to that point, the players that we're reaping some of the benefit of, the young players coming through here, and then they're matriculating on to Europe. Like those, those Ecuadorian players are now going to Europe and they're making names for themselves. I think a guy that we really love, Moises Caicedo, who doesn't get to play a lot, but he was a heavily at sought after at all. He was a heavily, Manchester United was in for him. He was. You, you know, know the, can you imagine, can any Ecuadorian imagine Brighton. saying that? Yeah. We, but again, he's, he's a talent. I think he, if he finds a good landing spot, but that's where we kind of looked at it and said, look, this, that under 20 World Cup team, which surprised a lot. I don't think it surprised people in that region of the world because they knew what they had. We've got some of the very talented guys and they can move on. And I think, you know, Sifu, Cheeky haven't, especially Sifu hasn't gotten a ton, a ton of minutes, but they played at every le level for Ecuador. So they're part of the system. They're going to be, they're going to be someone that they're going to continue to look at to be a part of this. That's a great point. The manager has their eyes on them for uh, a, a long time span. Sifu's play, you could say, because he just got star in the league. Uh, certainly know his ceiling's very high. Still gets called in to an Ecuador camp, which he hasn't before. So just to, in closing, Jose Cifuentes, Diego Palacios, Maxime Crepo, Daniel Henry, and Kellen Acosta, all with these... Do you want to talk a little bit about Kellen Acosta playing uh, Azteca? Because yes, I know you do. Well, I do because... I do too, but talk, it's like... I've I talked talk about... about from, this, from this angle too, let's talk about Mexico also because I think a lot of our listeners, their allegiance is to Mexico. So, yeah. And you and I... I know Chiva Mayor, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Julio is going to keep me up when I, I, I badmouth Mexico. I'm just saying it because it's like, where's... Where are the, the next group of players to come through? I just want to talk about Mexico because you and I both enjoy the Mexican national team. We enjoy the Mexican league. We see things. I'm not going to badmouth them. I'll say that in and I that, don't badmouth them. I just point out. I'll the, say that was, that was a fun match. You've pointed out, and a lot of people pointed out, that might be the last time we have a match like that of that caliber for Mexico-USA uh, because next time they don't have to qualify. And then going from here, from here on out, there's going to be 48 teams in the World Cup, maybe even more. Who knows? There might even be a World Cup every two years. So, like, that was... For a showpiece, I thought the game was good. It was a little bummer that a lot of people couldn't get into the stadium, obviously because of COVID. Yeah, it was lacking atmosphere. They couldn't have it as the big. usual atmosphere. The usual know. atmosphere that was there, usually in a, uh, 
your former broadcast partner Hercules Gomez brought this up. They don't play it in the daytime anymore, which used to have that you know that nice golden hue when they'd be out there. But golden hue. I think I think the game was better for it that they didn't play in the daytime because that's definitely like the, Ashley Schaefer right there. Yeah, the conditions are, are horrible. Uh, I really like the game that Kellen Acosta played. I think that he frustrated Mexico. Who? Wait. Somebody's celebrating. A, that's Mamadou, and I bet you it was a Senegalese goal. Bet you. Senegal. We're we'll doing this as Senegal's playing we'll Egypt double, in World we'll Cup qualifying. Check. I'll double check, but that was primal scream. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That when when the Euros that couple of years ago, it was fun. To, it was fun to watch the Euros. It was fun still to watch screaming. the World Cup. He's still screaming. It's fun <laughs> when there's big tournaments here. Even the guys that don't go are all watching the games and they get hyped. It's really fun to it's really fun to be here because you hear stuff like God, that. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking yeah. that because uh, we were watching it before we we put it away and it said I knew they were going to penalties. Mm -hmm. Something happened. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it's someone else screaming because the food was too hot. I don't know. But that yeah. sounded like someone getting into the World Cup. Uh, uh, but the U.S. had a good performance, and I think Kellen really stifled uh, Mexico's ability to transition, which is the job he was set out there to do. And I think he gets a little bit of flack from the from the U.S. national team fans because they also want equality going forward. Although I would say he played the two best passes of the match. That should have resulted possibly in goals. Uh, and then I think from the Mexico side, and you can touch more on this, is <sighs> Tata's he's white-knuckling it a little bit, right? He is. He's clenching. He's well, not, he's not really, bringing new players. Yeah, he's really dove into what he already knows. Uh, Chuka Lozano was interesting out there, but he, he does seem a little bit rusty having coming back from an injury. El, el Tridente, is that what they call yeah. it? The front three have done nothing I thought, but I thought the I thought the midfield was a bigger problem, because be, other than other, other than watching Edson Alvarez, who's one of my favorite players, I enjoy I love watching him, especially for Ajax. But uh, other than watching him and saying like, how has he not gotten his second yellow card? And then Ache Ache had one good pass where he dinked it over the top. The midfield didn't do much. I think that's where Mexico is really yeah. struggling. I wish we had a camera on this. I know. Mamadou Fala. It has to be Mamadou. I'm putting the math together. I mean, he He's might just it. come running out. I hope he does. Out. This is it's World Cup. Uh, but what's, your I, I, what's your take on on, on U.S. Mexico the dynamic now? Uh, we're getting there. Senegal's up. It's not final. Three one on PK. Oh, okay. Oh, so well, then it looks pretty that's good. That's what it has to be. I will as an overall. This is the fourth matchup between these two in nine months. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> you need a break. I just want to see. Well, you're going to get a very long break. We're going to get a long break. I won't, I don't want to. We'll get these I'd love chances. To see That's them why face each other in a World Cup knockout again, though. The fact they play so much makes it to me the best soccer rivalry. And I know Argentina, Brazil, and uh, Germany, Netherlands, and England, Scotland. But those teams don't play each other enough where we see it. So that's what separates USA Mexico. But four times in nine months is 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 plenty to uh, certainly uh, wet your whistle with regards to this rivalry. And this was the least one with as much of uh, the atmosphere that you'd, you'd have done. It was a grind. I'm glad it was over. It was exhausting leading up to it because so much was at stake. It it's was. not fun. No. What is the word? We were talking to uh, Mark Dos Santos about suffering. Suffering. Suffering is a... Players, fans, it's, coaches. It's the thing that in English that I don't think we have quite the right reference for it, but suffering in the, in the way you suffer through a match. It felt like that. Okay. So uh, it was pretty good. Uh, let's flip over to LAFC. Mm -hmm. uh, with regards to the international players, the first thing I noticed when we came here to training is in years past, the last two years, when guys were gone, you could sense it. They didn't have enough bodies mm -hmm. to fill it out. But you're watching these guys scrimmage. They have a full team. Yeah. Uh, there's no shortage. You're obviously going to bring some guys in. But a couple of the Vegas Lights guys were here to fill in a little bit of the numbers. If, if nobody could fly in for some reason from international duty, LAFC's in good shape. 
they could oh, get a yeah. very competitive 11. And that is, I mean, just to say that is, is bonkers. Uh, an 11 that's, I mean, I think the fullback situation, you would have to be a little creative because you got Ryan Hollingshead uh, and Kim Juan now gone and Chiqui Palacios. You'd have to be creative and Franco Escobar injured. Everywhere there's, there's answers for a solid 11. Yeah, there's a solid 11, I think, where you go that next level, that next level of depth. So we have the depth to replace that 11 if we really need it. But yes, if there was an additional injury or additional something, it's, the bench is going to get a little thin. But like we said when we were out here a couple weeks ago and we were watching, we were like, which one's the starting 11? You could very well say that again. Even with some of the Vegas guys filling in some of the spots, we were like, there's some guys over there that were used to maybe being a part of the 11. And again, this is Tuesday. So Monday they had off, Tuesday's first day back, and that's they kind of really ramp it up. So there's no really inclination of what the starting 11 is going to be. But watching 11 v 11, we were like, those are two really good teams, and we're not, we're for sure not saying that's the starters, and we're for not, we're not saying that that's the bench on the other side. It's it's a very reassuring feeling, and for LAFC as they prepare to make their second trip across country, it's a long one to Orlando. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously did that to Miami. It's, it's, odd for, it's odd because we haven't faced East Coast teams, and now this is, a, uh, I think, second trip to Orlando. Second trip all the way across country. So the second trip to Orlando City, I think, and second game against uh, Yes, Orlando. we did play against Orlando. Uh, in, in, actually, that was during an international shorthanded That's right. time period as well. That's right. Yeah. So uh, with regards to some of the players coming in, we, we touched on it briefly. I think we, we pivoted here for a little bit, but Maxime Crapo will start for LAFC. Kellen Acosta probably. Uh, the others, Daniel Henry wasn't really a lockdown star. There's options here. And then we'd have to wait and see about the Ecuadorians about where they come in. But you figure they'll get there Thursday. Luckily, they play today. Yeah. So let's say, yeah. Wednesday. They'll be, they'll be in training Thursday. They'll get home sometime, Thursday, sometime Wednesday. They'll check Kellen out. Kellen plays Wednesday, travels Thursday, may go direct. May go directly yeah. there, yeah. Uh, so it's all a matter of how much he plays in Costa Rica. And same thing with uh, the, the Canadian players. So that's it's an option, but feel reassured with what the, the the team is but this is again a challenging game for a lot of reasons because look you don't need me to tell you what happens the following week and uh it is el tráfico el clásico angelino call it what you will we got to resolve this thing too here because i can't it's i don't think we're ever gonna at least you and i are not gonna resolve not this gonna but resolve this orlando it. is a good test because one it's the travel two yes you're you're working on a short week but they've got some talent man they've got they've got two pretty good center backs uh they got Pereira who who can you never know where he is, right? And he's not—he's not one to shy away from a tackle. So you know that you got to watch out from him on both sides of the ball. Pato had an incredible game against Portland. I don't know if he can keep it up two weeks in a row. He's like you have uh, to—you really have to manage his minutes. Yeah. And if uh, if Facundo Torres comes back in time, that he can feature. I mean, this is a good team. So you—it's a good test away, um, where the guys got to come together after a short week. And I think it's a, it's going to be indicative of how they roll it into. Uh, this is, I think this is the, the big spot for LAFC to, to get the best, and it's a bit cliche, to see really where they are at yes. coming off an international break, five players away on international duty, still some smaller injuries to deal with, and now a, a, a tough road trip against a team that's going to be in the playoffs. You've got to put in a performance. You come out flat, there's going to be more questions. And like you said, going into the next week, the following week, you don't want more questions. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Facundo Torres, a guy that came from the same... Peñarol club that gave us Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez. Uh, Pancho went from Montevideo Wanderers, which Correct. has got a very interesting history. And uh, that's an exciting part of this team as well. But when we look at what to expect, coming off this incredible win, and that win for Vancouver was great because you, you, you get into a good mood. And we've seen that good mood 
uh, manifest itself here with this team in these last two weeks of certainly being at training, more so for Mamadou Fall, who's over the moon, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, and uh, but this is a this is a spot where I'd like to, we'd like to see some guys. Um, Maybe Brian get that goal. Maybe mm-hmm. Chicho get immersed in it too. See Mahala take that next step. Uh, see that midfield. Coll- it, it, that'll be a little trickier because with no Kellen Acosta, yeah. where you could see it gel a little more because it's not there. Remember, Kellen played as a fullback uh, as well. So he's like the Swiss Army knife. He's an amazing player to have. That's what's going to be tough. But they did have a couple extra days of training for the guys that were here. So we were, they were, and they were talking about specifically how they work on their build out. So I think that will help the midfield, regardless of how you're gelling with the actual pieces. And yeah, to your point, when you look at the season, there's a lot of things, a lot of boxes that you ticked off. And I think the Vancouver game was a big box because you went down early and you thought, oh no, is this a classic Vancouver game? And they flipped the script. Portland, same type of thing. You went down, you got the red card, but you couldn't get anything until the very last minute. You kind of flipped the script. I think there's a, there's another, this is another box to tick off. Like you said, coming out of international window, how do you react to coming out of international window? And I think so far, they're really putting the pieces together and little bits of experience where they can say, Think back to that game for when we're in game 30 of 34 or even when we're in the playoffs and we're in a hostile environment. So these little things, and then if you can tick this box, clearly that next box is winning at Dignity Health Sports Park. It has. <laughs> and we'll, pre- we'll have plenty of time to preview that. But with this team built this squad to have depth, to have experience, to have MLS know-how. They have all of that now. Yes. And it, it really hit me this week when you look at the plan of the season and how choreographed and scripted in a way, it is knowing. So John Thorrington, Steve Trundolo, and the powers that be here sat down and looked at the schedule, obviously, and said, all right, how do we approach these things? We're gonna, we don't know about injuries, but we know about international duty. This is going to hit us here. Where will we be covered? You can see that, right? You can see that coming to view. So when this week came up, they say, okay, that's why we brought in Ryan Hollingshead. We know that we have that. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, we, uh, we wanted Daniil Henry so we have cover, and we, we kept some of these guys around as well mm-hmm. so that whatever comes our way, we're ready. Two starting midfielders are gone, right? But you go and you get your focal point, your base of that midfield in Ilya Sanchez. He's been here the whole time. Now you put in maybe a poncho where you feel good about. You've already put in, you've already given Latifa start with Ilya. So like you said, he's seen what he's going to be lacking and where he needs to make sure that he's reinforced. And he's had guys, little kind of linchpins in there and knowing what's coming. That's, that's, that's a smart, that's smarts for this club because, and, and we always talked about where are these guys going to get minutes. You know, and Poncho's played a big role here in training. There's a chance for him and he's worked hard. He's appeared in some of these games. Well, you and I always go to John when something happens. We go, oh, how did this happen? And he's like, Max, we're thinking two, three steps ahead. My calendar is a year. You know, he's laying out the year. He's thinking months and months ahead. So yes, of course, he saw the schedule and immediately was like, here's where I got to go. You can see the game on KCOP 13. Check it out. We'll be with Warren Barton and Jordan Harvey. Everyone loves Jordan. We'll be back on the broadcast as well. And Mark Rogandino. Uh, check out our World Cup stream on World 110 Cup Football on and the Soccer OG, my little baby. Mm-hmm. We're going to be Friday. We're going to break it down. and We're going we're to talk about where Canada and the USA and Ecuador and Uruguay and everyone else falls. It's World Cup draw. It's already here. You may not have known that, but we'll have a live stream there. We're going to be right back, and we'll be joined by Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. Winger extraordinaire. Very interesting story right here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. We love you guys. Back here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Uh, thrilled to welcome in for the first time, not the last, Ismail Tajiri Shradi. Uh, welcome in. And, and how's LA Life treating you? Guys, thank you guys for having me. Uh, 
LA trade me very well so far. Um, I'm loving it. I'm getting, I'm getting more and more every, every day and uh, can't wait to, to explore it more. We, we were talking about you when we, before you got here and it was just the most interesting background and we want we wanted to hear about it. So Swiss born, Libyan, spent some time in Libya and that now grew up in Austria. Exactly. Uh, you, being in Europe, you've probably seen a, a, incredible things, but that connection to your Libyan, uh, your Libyan lines, of obviously, in your family, uh, how, how has that helped you in life to be so cosmopolitan, to, be, to have those experiences here in the United States where many people don't? Yeah, how, like how you said, it's, I've been, I've been uh, quite a, a lot of places, uh, like how you said, grow, uh, born in Switzerland, Bern. I stayed there for a little bit. Uh, moved uh, to Libya with my family, stayed there for a little bit when I was a kid, and then we moved to Austria in Vienna, and then where they mostly uh, grew up there, started playing there. Uh, yeah, that's how, that's how everything works. And Favorite place you've been to? Favorite place? It's... <laughs> that's tough. That's really tough. That's a <laughs> tough question. It's a long list, right? It's, I mean, yeah, and your MLS cities are... New York City and Los Angeles exactly. now, so. It's, it's really tough, like, I lived in New York, I'm in LA, I've been in different uh, cities, but I would say if I have to choose one, I would say maybe, uh, boah, it's tough. Dubai, <laughs> Dubai is on the list. Du ah, okay. Yeah, it's. What do you like about Austria? What's the, what's Vienna, the it's, a, it's a beautiful city, it's really small, but I mean, compared compare where I live now, but it's, it's, it's one of the, one of the best or lovely city. You, if anyone have to want to see something from Austria, have to go to, oh. to Vienna. It's a, it's a really nice city. It's a quiet city. It's a clean city. You got good food. You got good, uh, good quality of, of everything. So it's, it's a good city. Where does your, where does your footballing journey start? Because you just mapped it out for us. Kind of you're, you moved around a little bit earlier, but you moved to all football crazy countries that really love football. So I'm wondering where does the, where's the genesis of your love of football come from? Is it from family or from where you lived? How did it start? Yeah, it's, uh, I would say from family. Uh, my father used to, uh, <clears throat> used to play as well. Uh, I mean, in Nibir, don't get the opportunities to, to be a profession, to, to, mm -hmm. to get the life out of it. But that's, that's how, uh, that's how it was, uh, I wanted always to be a professional soccer player because I grew up from, uh, when I grow up, it's just we have only soccer back back in Libya. My father was a was a player as well, so it makes it easier. Uh, that's how it works. So yeah, the whole family is football crazy, mm -hmm. so so it makes it very easy for me. And uh, I wanted from uh, when I saw the pictures from my father, how he was playing. He was a winger as well, so I say, okay, I wanna I wanna be I wanna be uh, the the son who who make it uh, as a professional soccer. And yeah, thanks God they. It's been a good uh, journey so far and uh, more to come, hopefully. That's my next question, because as a, a son of a father who was talented, probably wanted to play pro himself, and he sees you kind of going along the same line, I'm sure he maybe told you some lessons of like, maybe make sure to go to school, or did he always say like, hey, if you want to be a professional soccer player, go for it? <laughs> nah, he, he was, first of all, he was always to want me to be a good in the, in the school. But uh, to be honest, um, I was uh, maybe not the best in the school for my for my brothers and sisters, so I'm happy that they I took the took the other the other part. He but he my father was like really strict on uh, on being good in soccer as well in school. But yeah, that's that's that was that was the, his first things like whatever I do, I have to do it uh, proper. Wait, wait, the best of your ability. Well, let me exactly. jump in here. So you were good in school, but your brothers and sisters were so good 
that they they raised the bar. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I know. I know I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Libya always intrigues me, and I know you've been called in to play for the Libya national team. Even the European roots, you're not in Libya, uh, and certainly not now in the United States. But where is it? Where do you see it going? Because how is the football there? And obviously, so many challenges. But where where is it now? Where would you like to see it? Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not maybe it's not the best way. Soccer in Libya. I mean, there is so many talents over there. There is so many. Uh, the talent's good there. It's talent is really good. Really good. They have. We have really good players. As a national team, when I went there, I was actually surprised how how many good players we have back in Libya. Because you know, I wasn't. I didn't. I never played in Libya. But when you go to national team and meet players from there, it's you can see. Oh wow, they they got something. But it's just doesn't doesn't get you more and more. Like there is so many to do. Uh, I hope right now, how, like how I said, there is so many, so much work to do to to get in a point where we say, okay, we are here where we want it. I hope one day we can, even if if I am in or after my career, maybe I can do anything to to help uh, to give uh, the talents more, more more chance to get out of the country or if they are there, they get the chance to 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 present themselves to present the country. So yeah, there is a lot for sure, a lot uh, so many works to do, but. As far as now, it's is I would say it's it's getting better. Yeah, just a follow up because the, the neighbors of Libya, Tunisia and uh, Algeria, they're, they're all doing very well. Could you exactly. see Libya with that infrastructure? Maybe in, coached by Izzy Tajiri Shradi one day, or <laughs> could <laughs> yeah, reach yeah. those levels? I'm I'm sure, hundred percent. I they definitely they can reach this level because we got this players. What like, let's say what Algeria have, Egypt, Tunisia, Morocco. They're all like how you say they are got. Top top players. They got the infrastructure. They got the work. They got the coach. They got everything from from uh, from up to down. They get everything uh, settled up. That's what Libya still uh, have a lot of work to do. And I hope, like how you said, maybe one day I will be the coach, <laughs> Ismail, and get this done. Book it. <laughs> I like it. I like a guy that already says he's thinking about coaching because you get so many players that are like, not for me. I mean. I'm saying, like as now, I don't, I don't see me. I uh, brought it up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know, but you, but you took it on. You were yeah, like, yeah, I can you, do that. You did I take it on. You there's did, a lot of did. guys that you say coach, and they're like, uh, yeah, I may be one of those guys who are saying I can't see myself <laughs> as a coach, but you never know. Well, you've you got a lot know. of good years left to, to yes, play. Exactly, so let's so. move to you playing. <laughs> let's move to you playing now. Obviously, you you come from NYCFC where you won a championship, and you know this in a group. One of the hardest things once you reach your goal. It's like you let off just a little bit, but now you've moved here to LA, where we so badly want trophies. Um, has that does that help you to be in a new group where you feel like they're just as hungry as maybe you are to go back to back? For for sure, definitely. I think like how we said, if you reach the like New York City was working uh, so many years to win this trophy, and then we, uh, I'm happy or I'm glad that I was in this group to win the uh, the MLS Cup with New York City, but then. You can feel like maybe okay that was the point. So for me, it was actually a really perfect move for me to to come to a uh, to organization to to uh, kind of this big club who's hungry for trophies, for hungry for for uh, for everything they want to do. It's just their 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 eyes is just looking forward for this trophy. Whatever it is, is we're gonna take every uh, change. We're gonna take every opportunity to to win this cup. I think is uh, I can see it. The club is hungry, the players are hungry, the coaching staff, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, more than happy to be here so I can 
so I can get hungry as well. I think like like how you said, if you win something, my New York City is gonna. You want some more? Yeah, you you get a little mm -hmm. down a little bit, but if you move you move somewhere and then you wanna you wanna win more. Yeah, you wanna have this feeling again and again. Uh, this team said, and and this is a, maybe it's a cliche in America where they say we want players who have won, and it you bring that into training and. Have you, what's different about you now that you know you've lifted a trophy in Major League Soccer and how do you bring that into this kind of, uh, into a team's fabric? Uh, but now that you are a winner, you're like, oh, I've got this. How's your brain, or how's your, how have you I changed? I would say like the brain is uh, after this feeling when you win the cup, kind of first few days after that, you can't recognize it. I mean, you can't, you can wow, okay, I win it, but it's just like, okay, whatever, but then like, few weeks after when you get uh, off season and then you get actually think about it, it was actually a really, really uh, good experience, amazing feeling. And then you move now to a different city, a different club with so many uh, hungry people around this club where you say, okay, wow, that's actually this feeling. I want to I wanna have it again. And I tried to, 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 bring the, to bring this, my winner mentality, I would say, or my hungry every day to training, give my best. And, and the biggest goal is to win the trophy. Having been in the league for a little bit, and like you said, you guys were working to that goal and you finally put it together, you kind of have an idea of like what it takes to win here. And now I know to win a trophy, there's a lot of luck that goes into it, a lot of other things. But now that you've come here, do you see like, are there a lot of pieces there that you feel can be successful in a playoff run? Uh, yeah, I will show 100%, 100%. We got, we got the team, we got the coaching staff, we got the all behind this club, we got everything. What we can, what we have uh, to win, a, to win a, a trophy, to win the the Western Conference, to win the MLS Cup, uh, like how we said, is always the regular seasons can be uh, perfect, and then you are in the play playoff, you are the maybe you are the as the last mm -hmm. number six, seven, and then you get in the playoff and you win the you win the MLS Cup. It's a lot of luck, like how we say, but it's, it's also a lot of. Uh, some small details I would say in playoffs is gonna come in and it's just some some games you're not gonna play the best uh, the best how you wanna play but you have to win this uh, these games like how we saw in every year whatever who win the MLS Cup they don't they don't do well maybe in a, in, a, in a regular season but then in playoff they are they are here and that's that's what's matter. Final question, real quick, you can answer this very quickly. Your goal against Inter Miami, how did you know you were gonna take the free kick? Uh, was that Steve saying or did you say it? And was that a shot? Or is that a cross? He's already told. He's already told me <laughs> he's this. Told me that, he's <laughs> told me too. But I so wonder who's going to change his answer. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look. I'm uh, when the when the free kick came is a perfect position for uh, for left yeah. for lefty, which is uh, I love this uh, I love this position. So I just uh, I think one of the coaching staff uh, said easy took it take it and uh, yeah I just. I knew it's gonna. It was a little bit windy. I, w I saw the gap. I said, okay, I wanna. I want this ball right there. If someone touch it, perfect. I got the assist. If it goes uh, right away, it's a goal. Great answer. And uh, that's that's how it works. It's that's a shot. It was a shot. It was a shot. <laughs> Correct answer. Uh, either assist or goal. So I got the goal. Yes. <laughs> Izzy, we, uh, we're so delighted that you're on the club and great chatting with you. And thanks for opening up your, your background to us a bit so we get to know you a little better and our, our, our listeners as well. Thank you guys for having me and until the next time. There it is. Ismail <laughs> Tajiri Shradi. That puts a wrap on this show. Enjoy the World Cup qualifiers. Enjoy the draw. Whoever you're rooting for, make sure you tell everyone about our little podcast. We appreciate everyone out there inside LAFC, the Max of Vids podcast. We'll see, you, we'll see you next time. Cut. Cut. Oh, yeah! Oh!